As I was thinking about our subject for today, the story of a young family from our time in Sherman came to mind. Uh, Katie had grown up in our church. Her parents were and are deeply committed members and friends. Uh, She met her fiance in college. She got engaged shortly thereafter, and she asked me to officiate their wedding. And uh, during that time, leading up to the wedding, we got to know each other uh, really pretty well. During the ceremony, right before they exchanged vows, I said to them, "Uh, right now is one of the most uniquely wonderful moments in your lives, full of happiness and excitement and possibility and joy. You may feel someday like you feel right now when your children are born. Uh, You may someday feel like you feel right now when your children get married and when your grandchildren are born, but right now, uh, this moment is truly one of life's gifts. 23 months later, their son was born. I was at the hospital with them to pray before she delivered him. It was a perfectly beautiful June day, the kind of day that we all look forward to when we're young and in love and planning for a family. Uh, One of those, those poignant moments in our lives when nothing but possibility and promise lie before us. Beckett was a beautiful child. He had a big smile uh, and a joyful presence. But it soon became apparent that um, he was having some unusual um, medical symptoms. And so this young couple with their firstborn child went through a series of tests trying to figure out what was wrong. It was the day after Beckett's first birthday that they received the kind of news that every parent dreads. He was diagnosed with something called Lee syndrome, which is a, a severe neurological disorder that's characterized by progressive loss of of mental and movement abilities. There is no cure, uh, there are no real treatments, and life expectancy is measured in just a handful of years. It was just a few weeks after that devastating diagnosis, um, with the news weighing heavy on the family and the difficult road ahead looming, Uh, that we baptized Beckett in the modern worshiping community of the church. And it was a moment that was full of um, tears and sadness on one hand, of course, but it was also a a profound proclamation of our faith. It was a moment of um, bearing witness to the power of God to sustain us in life's toughest moments. It was a reminder that in all things, come what may, we are God's own and God is with us. It was one of the holiest moments in ministry for me over the past 20 years and will forever be so. One of the painful symptoms of Lee syndrome is something called dystonia, uh, which is involuntary muscle contractions. It's terribly uncomfortable because it makes the child's body rigid. And in talking to Katie, she used a beautiful phrase to describe how they would help Beckett. Uh, She said they played for him, um, helping him experience the world in ways that he was otherwise incapable of. They spent all their time on the floor, playing for him, doing what his body could not do on its own. And throughout Beckett's journey, family and friends supported them in every way imaginable, doing what they could to ease the struggle and suffering of a a young family uh, battling a rare and truly awful disease. Beckett died in April, Uh, just two months before his second birthday. Having officiated his parents' wedding, having been there the day he was born, having baptized him 
surrounded by his church family, I, I had the holy responsibility and honor of officiating his funeral. It was, a, it was a hard day, it was a day of mourning and heartbreak to be sure, but it was uh, first and foremost for me, for the family, for everybody there, a proclamation of our faith. As this young couple was surrounded by the love of family, the care of their church, and the grace and power of God. When our children's pastor sang, Jesus loves me, at Beckett's graveside, we were all reminded of whose we are and to whom we will all someday return. And while I spend a fair amount of my time studying theology and thinking about theology and preaching and teaching theology, Beckett's story will forever be, for me, uh, a reminder of how to walk with faith through times of suffering. This is week two of our Lenten sermon series called Small Choices Change Everything Throughout this season of preparation for Easter, we are exploring the importance of the choices that we make, and we're talking about the power of prayer uh, in the context of those choices. So last week, we read from the first chapter of the Gospel of John. We talked about the importance of saying yes to God, and we talked about how uh, sometimes a prayer for, for willingness is the first step towards saying yes to what God is asking of us. Well, today, we're talking about an inescapable part of the human condition, suffering. And we're talking about uh, the importance of choosing God in the midst of our suffering. And to guide us, uh, we're reading from the opening and closing of Psalm 22, uh, which is, according to my Wesley Study Bible, a plea for deliverance from suffering. It's in the category of uh, lament for the Psalms. So we're gonna read uh, Psalm 22, verses one to five right now, and we'll come back and read some more a bit later. Listen, friends, for the word of God as it is proclaimed by God's servant, the psalmist. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer, and by night, but find no rest. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. In you, our ancestors trusted, they trusted, and you delivered them. To you they cried and were saved. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So a psalm of lament um, is, a, is a cry to God in the midst of suffering. It's an, an honest cry of pain to the one who walks with us through all of life's hardships. It's like a cry to a parent uh, in a time of distress, a cry of comfort when we need it most. The power of a lament is that it has the, the ability to name our deepest longing when we are otherwise um, without the words to express it. And the thing about a psalm of lament is that it always in scripture moves from sorrow uh, to rejoicing. It always moves from an exclamation of distress to a sense of confidence in God's presence. And so um, psalms of lament are not songs of complaint, even though they're incredibly emotional when we read them. They're songs of hope. And they're songs of, of the hope that only our faith in God offers. 
Now you may have have recognized the opening words of Psalm 22. Uh, This is the recommended Psalm for Good Friday every year because it has this close connection to the story of Christ's crucifixion. For example, um, we're not gonna read verse eight today, but verse eight in Matthew's gospel is a scripture that's paraphrased to mock Jesus. It's spoken by the chief priests along with the scribes and the elders. And we're not gonna read verse 18 today, um, but that's a scripture that's directly quoted by the Gospel of John, who tells us that the Roman soldiers cast lots for Jesus' clothing after crucifying him. And so um, both of those scriptures are important connections between the story of Christ's death and, and the Psalms. But it's the opening words of Psalm 22 that have the most important connection to Jesus, and that's because in Mark's gospel and in Matthew's gospel, Jesus' last words on the cross are the opening words of Psalm 22. The gospels tell us that Jesus speaks these words uh, in the Aramaic language. He says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And these are heartbreaking words. They're, they're poignant words, they're the words of a lament which has the power to name our deep longing in our darkest times. And of course those times come for, for each of us, right? Those times of suffering are, are just an inescapable part of the human experience. I'm, I'm talking about times of um, illness or injury or the loss of someone we love, uh, Beckett's story or a season of financial insecurity, or broken relationships, or, uncondition- or uncomfortable change, or times of rejection. Each of us uh, experiences suffering throughout our lives, suffering of different kinds during different seasons of our lives. And the thing is, if even, if even the Son of God, if even our Lord and Savior turned to lament in his most difficult and desolate moment, knowing with the certainty of his faith that God would soon deliver him, then surely we, as God's faithful, can turn to lament in our times of suffering. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But here's the thing about lament. <laughs> it, it always moves from sorrow to rejoicing, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. It, it always moves from an exclamation of um, distress to a sense of confidence in God's provision because psalms of lament are not, are not songs of complaint. They're songs of hope, the hope that only our faith in God offers. As the people of God, we know that Good Friday is followed swiftly thereafter by Easter Sunday. We know that Psalm 22 does not end after those opening words, those heartbreaking words, those poignant words. Because halfway through Psalm 22, in verse 22, the psalm makes what scholars call the turn. Um, Because the faith that that leads us to God in, in honest lamentation is the faith that God uses to sustain us in our suffering so that what starts in lament can end with praise and what starts with uh, in pain can end in hope. What starts with that sense of isolation that Christ expresses on the cross ends with this 
this assurance that God is with us through it all. Here's the way Psalm 22 ends, it's verses 23 through 31. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify him. Stand in awe of him, all you offspring of Israel, for he did not despise or abhor the affliction of the afflicted. He did not hide his face from me, but heard when I cried to him, from you comes my praise in the great congregation. My vows I will pay before those who fear him. The poor shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him shall praise the Lord. Make your, may your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations shall worship before him. For dominion belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. To him indeed shall all who sleep in the earth bow down. Before him shall bow all who go down to the dust, and I shall live for him. Posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord and proclaim his deliverance to a people yet unborn, saying that he has done it. Future generations will be told about the Lord and proclaim his deliverance to a people yet unborn, saying that he has done it. The power of Psalm 22 is that in Matthew and Mark, Jesus' final words on the cross were the the opening of this psalm, but that is not the end of the story. (laughs) His deliverance, God's deliverance, our salvation happened on the third day when God's love and grace and power conquered the grave. Because the, the lament of Good Friday is answered by the hope of the world offered on Easter Sunday, promising that whatever suffering we endure today, as real and painful as it is, it's not eternal. Promising that that God is with us through all the joys and all the sorrows of this world so that our answer in the midst of suffering is to choose God. As we continue our journey through Lent, our prayer for this week, our spiritual discipline is to, to help us with the small choices that change everything through, in this case, a prayer of hope, which may sound something like this, gracious God, give me hope in the midst of my grief. Give me, give me hope as I struggle with this illness. Give me hope as I grieve this loss. Give me hope in the middle of this change or this disruption or this, this difficulty. It is a, a beautifully simple act of humility an acknowledgement of our dependence upon God to pray for hope in the midst of suffering. Now, for those of us who are not in a place of suffering right now, thanks be to God, our spiritual discipline this week can be to pray for others who suffer. God knows there are so many. Jesus modeled such empathy and care. God knows and God laments the suffering of God's children around the world. So even as we, as a community of faith, meet the physical needs of others through our generosity and through our service in so many ways, uh, let us also pray for hope for those who need it, for those who have not yet found it, for those who may not know that there is a God who is with us 
in all of life's griefs and sorrows for victims of war and abuse and violence and bigotry and neglect, for the hungry and those without shelter, for the refugees and the immigrants who have not yet been welcomed, for those uh, who lament and who wonder why they are forsaken, for those who are in a Good Friday moment and desperately need the Easter hope that God offers to us all. I called Katie on Friday (laughs) and um, I asked her for permission to tell Beckett's story, which she was happy for me to do. And I gotta tell you how she is now. Um, This is an extraordinary young woman. When, When you are faced with what she went through, I, I don't know how else you get through it but through faith. I don't know where else you find hope but through faith, and she uh, embodies this. Um, now, her, her marriage to Beckett's dad did not survive the tragedy of their son's death. But in the, in the years since, uh, she's worked to raise awareness for mitochondrial diseases. Uh, she's worked to, to raise money to benefit other families who are facing the same unimaginable suffering that she endured. She, she wants to share hope with others who are walking through what she did, which is bearing witness to Christ through the way she lives her life. And she's married now, she remarried. Uh, in November, this past November, she and her husband welcomed a nine pound, two ounce baby boy into the world. Her parents are here, the grandparents, the little Leighton. And her social media post for that day, in case you're wondering about the state of her faith after that awful journey, she said, forever thankful for the most precious gift God has given us. In May, which is in the Easter season, which is the time of year when we celebrate resurrection and new life and hope, Leighton is going to be baptized in the very same place where his big brother was baptized by the children's pastor who sang Jesus Loves Me for Beckett five years ago. (laughs) You want to talk about hope and faith and God being with us through it all? Uh, Friends, suffering, as you know, is this unavoidable part of life. Uh, it's, it's something, as you know, that we all experience, we all lament in different ways and at different times. I find tremendous hope in the fact that even the Son of God cried out in his suffering on the cross. But suffering is only temporary. <laughs> That's what God promises us. Because Easter is always always on the other side. Psalm 22 encourages us to choose God and to pray for hope in a world full of suffering. Hope for ourselves and hope for others. So in the coming week of our journey through Lent, may that be our prayer.
Amen.